Welcome back into the Vandy Sports Podcast on the 440 Sports Network. I'm your host, Billy Derrick, alongside Joey Dwyer on a Monday morning. And today's podcast is brought to you by The Wash House. They are our presenting sponsor for basketball season. Are you dreading laundry day, Joey? Absolutely. And is it stealing time to do the things that you truly enjoy, like covering Vanderbilt basketball? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Let the laundry professionals at The Wash House Take care of that for you. With two convenient locations in the greater Nashville area, just drop off your dirty laundry and their professional attendance can give you back the one thing you can never have enough of, your time. Within 24 hours, you can pick up your nicely folded, fresh and clean laundry, ready to be put away. Log on to washhouseclean.com or stop in today and get your time back. Joey, it was an interesting weekend. Uh, We had uh, what started on Friday with Vanderbilt men's basketball victory over USC Upstate. So Vanderbilt got back on track. What was it, 74-67, I yep. want to say. So so good bounce back. I mean, obviously nothing dominant. And, of course, it was a slow start. We'll get to that. And UNC Greensboro coming up tomorrow night, a, a big one that I don't think we'd be we – were, we, we were, thought we were going to be saying that before the season. So uh, we'll get into that. But first, Joey, football uh, – we we covered it sparingly. I mean, we uh, I think you know we we had we had some other duties, but Auburn just wallops Vanderbilt. I mean, not even yeah. And we we talked about it, you know, before we South got Carolina. on here. Uh, oh my gosh, South Carolina, Joey, early. I, early. I am everywhere. <laughs> okay, South Carolina wallops Vanderbilt, and Joey, we were just talking. Uh, Auburn also beat Vanderbilt, but South Carolina. I mean. That was the one game of the season. Like South Carolina, right there with Vandy, was probably the worst team, arguably, at least in the SEC East. And, and you, I mean, there's a there's a there's an argument for worse in the SEC. I think Mississippi State's probably down there, uh, but I mean, South Carolina has not. They just have they haven't been good this year at all. And, and so you know they still have weapons though. They still have Spencer Rattler. You know they still have guys on offense, but. They should not be putting up almost fifty points on on Vanderbilt. Yeah, South Carolina had the worst rushing offense in the SEC heading into Saturday. Vanderbilt gave up one hundred thirty six rushing yards to them, and that's not factoring it, or that's factoring in seventeen yards of sacks. Just I can't believe how uncompetitive that game was, Billy. I hate to say it because they're good guys, and I like all those guys as people, but Billy. That looked like one of maybe the three most winnable SEC games, maybe two or one, and it was completely uncompetitive. Clark Lee said he's disgusted with their effort, and we'll get to his other quote in a second, but Billy, I can't believe how they got ran off the field like that. At this point in the season, maybe I should be able to, but oh my gosh, 47-6, giving up that many rushing yards to that team and just being completely ran off the field is feels like a new low for this team, and it felt like I wouldn't say the whole team quit, but it felt like there was a lack of belief at the end there that, and a lack of fight that you hadn't really seen from this team even in blowouts previously. Yeah, like you said, Joey, forty-seven to six, Vanderbilt falls to two and nine on the season, uh, as well as zero and seven in the conference. So, I mean, you just you look at that and and you go, okay, how how does that happen, right? I know you said we're late in the season. And the only thing I can really point to, Joey, is the fact that there could be a little bit of a of a pack it in factor, you know, from from certain players. I'm not saying the whole team, but I think you you just you look around and you go, you know, there's really no other reason 
I mean, behind that, right? You, that, that's a team like the week before against Auburn, Joey. You know, we looked at that team as a team that could probably compete with Auburn, and they did for a little bit. But Auburn, of course, you know, proved to be better. South Carolina game that was, I think, more about effort. And you said it, Clark Lee said that he was. He said he was disgusted with their effort, uh, but. He also had an, another interesting comment, uh, and Joey, I'll kind of, I'll kind of lob that over to you. Uh, and and I, I, of course, I saw that. I think Aria tweeted it, um, and I saw it initially, and you know, I kind of thought, okay, this is taken out of context. Um, you know, th- there's no way this is what he intended to say. Uh, and then you very uh, quickly and swiftly post the video uh, form of it. And, you know, that put some clarity to it because you did hear a lot of the background. You, you, you kind of you didn't hear the question, I don't think. But, you know, the entire hearing the entire comment, I think, brought a lot of uh, clarity to it. And, uh, you know, yeah, maybe maybe he didn't really mean it, you know, and I think going back, he probably wouldn't have said it. But, Joey, that is uh, that's just that's not a good look. Billy, I didn't think I would be on Barstool this weekend. And uh, because of that <laughs> quote, I am. I can't believe how newsworthy this game was, Billy. This just the lack of effort, and then that following it get up is just unbelievable. I mean, I wouldn't say Clark Lee has a loser's mentality, but if you had seen that quote and you're in the national fan base, I guess, and you don't follow Vanderbilt on a day to day basis, you would think that Clark Lee has a loser mentality, and he says stuff like that every week based on that quote. And obviously, I don't think he would have said that again. I think. Everybody slips up once in a while, and I don't think he says stuff like that a whole lot. I think he took a lot of accountability early in that presser that wasn't seen. But man, Bill, you can't say you can't say he gave us a great chance to punt and act like that's a phenomenal thing, especially when your four-star talented quarterback is sitting on the sideline with without much of an explanation. There's a lot to unpack here, but that's a really brutal quote. And uh, I wanted to add some context to it because I watched the presser. And people were saying that Arya took it out of context. And I watched it and I was like, she didn't take that out of context. No, he said not, it. Not really, he, no. He doubled down on it. So I said, I sent that tweet out more so just to say she didn't take it out of context and to rag on him. But obviously it turned into a lot more than that. And that's on Clark Lee. I think he, him following that up and saying, well, we wanted to put them in bad spots offensively. I don't know how much defense you can say for that, Billy. That was just an unbelievable quote and uh, really sums up where we're at in the season. Just It felt like for the last couple of weeks that they're, they've just kind of mailed it in at the end of games. And going into games, it felt like the biggest goal was to not lose by 20. And that quote seemed to sum that up and seemed to support that narrative if you want to push that one. Yeah, go, going back uh, and watching the, the full video, you're right, Joe. I mean, there, there was no you know, out of context. I mean, that, that was in, that was full context, right? So, and the video provides this. If you guys haven't seen it, go check it out. But, you know, I look at it and I, and I think an explanation would be, he said that out of frustration, right? And kind of, you know, you, you said at the beginning, he took a lot of the blame. Um, and obviously, you know, reasonably so, as coaches should after a loss like that. But I just think that the, the losses have piled up to a degree that I'm, I'm sort of not surprised. He, he just sort of slipped that out uh, because it honestly, Joey, as bad as it is to say that 
that in that game, that's where Vanderbilt was sort of like the, the, in, in, in down the stretch of the season. That's sort of where they have been. And I think he just sort of let it slip out in frustration. Um, and I mean, can you blame the guy? Right, they're two and nine. You know, I, I don't think it got as much attention as it would have gotten if this was Texas A and M or Mississippi State, which is a good thing. Um, but yeah, I think Aria's tweet, your video, I think that probably you know did a number uh, at least in you know around the SEC. But you just, if you're a fan, and I can understand why fans are frustrated. At the same time, everyone's frustrated. You know, this is a two and nine season. You know. There, there's frustration going on everywhere. And then all of a sudden you get some cryptic tweets from AJ Swan and uh, Will Shepard. I think CJ Taylor had a tweet as well. So my gut tells me, I think we'd both agree, Joey, that something went down after the game, um, whether it was, you know, whether it was a firing or, or whatever, you know, we don't, we don't know, we don't have official word, but um, th- there was something that went down within the facility after that South Carolina game when they got back. Uh, you know, we don't know what it was, but I'm sure after the season, you know, here in a couple of weeks after the Tennessee game, there will be a lot more announcements. Uh, but, Joey, it, it gets harder and harder to see the path. You know, I know we're basically doing kind of a postgame show here. We, did, we didn't get a chance to really talk about it on Saturday. But, um, you know, we talked about after the Auburn game, we said, you know, looking around at the construction, we talked about this is where this program is, right? They're, they're, they're a work in progress. They're constructing themselves. And then we also talked about how it's hard to see a path forward, right? And it, it, I mean, reasonably so. They're, they're two and nine, you know, so much talk about, you know, guys leaving, guys coming in, coaches leaving, coaches coming in. Reasonably so, Joey. But this South Carolina game was almost kind of confirmation that, okay, Clark Lee has a mess on his hands, right? And, and he's the one that has to fix it. You know, I mean, that that's what it cemented to me. Not that it wasn't already a mess, but losing to that level, it's almost like, okay, this has gone off the rails. You know, th- there's really no more hope this season of, of fighting and finding some hope. It just felt like a lot of guys packed it in. And I didn't think I'd be saying that about a Clark Lee coach team. It was a hopeless performance at the end of a hopeless season. And that's where this program's at right now, Billy. I mean, the coach who has been well-spoken all year, who hasn't given us anything, who hasn't slipped up, slips up. His team that's shown effort, who's fought to the end even when they're getting blown out, didn't do that. And the things that South Carolina has done poorly against everyone, including Jacksonville State, it did well against Vanderbilt. So, I mean, that's what happens when the effort's low. That's what happens when a team's demoralized. I think we're going to see a lot of changes in terms of player personnel, in terms of staff personnel this offseason and frankly I don't know that that's a terrible thing with the way this team's performed with where that locker room's at again all good guys they're not it's not working right now Billy something's got to give here and that's where this program's at I would sound like an idiot trying to tell these people good things about Vanderbilt football right now and I would love to tell them good things about Vanderbilt football I like the guys but man what do what do I say they're two and nine they're on a nine game losing streak they mailed it in at the end of the game. Clark Lee went on, went in the press conference and said, Ken Seals is our quarterback, more or less because he gives us the best chance to punt because he doesn't turn it over. And you were right. That's exactly where Vanderbilt was in that game. It's not like they were down 10 and he said that and it was something crazy. That was a fair assessment of where they were in that game. And that's probably the worst part of what he said is that 
Walter Taylor had turned it over two drives in a row or two out of three drives or whatever it was. And Ken Seals was the guy who kind of got them to the finish just because they were limping to the finish so badly before because of the way they had turned it over. Limping to the finish should not be the standard, but right now it feels like that's what it was on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, I, I like how you put that, a hopeless uh, performance in a hopeless season, you know, towards the end of the season, right? Last year, Joey, and again, I know you didn't cover the team last year, but last year they got those two SEC wins, and down the stretch of the season they got better, right? They were more competitive. They were more cohesive. They found something on offense. This year they haven't found anything, and, and quite frankly, Joey, they've gotten worse. Um, you know, if you if you look at the Hawaii game, you know, and then go, going into the Alabama A&M game to now, you know, it, it's almost a totally different outlook, you know, of the team. It's There's just there, – there, there really is no hope, at least right now. Uh, again, I think it's going to be a wild off season, But, again, we, you know, who we don't know if that's going to work and, and, and you know, roll into year four of, of Clark Lee and, and suffice what fans want, which is a bowl game, a bowl berth. And, and the coaches and staff were – we're talking before this season that you know they they are laser focused on a bowl berth, right? That that's that's what they're focused on, and it's just it's I'm 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 surprised you. I'm not really surprised anymore, of course, because we've seen it for the last four or five weeks. But just looking back at the beginning of the season, the way we were talking about this team and this program, never thought I'd I'd uh, I'd be talking about this team like this in this manner. Um, so again, Vanderbilt loses to South Carolina. And they will roll into their bye week. So they get another bye week. Interesting timing for that. So no no game this week. And then Tennessee in Knoxville. So that's where that's where Vanderbilt wraps up. And Joey, again, I'm always the glass half full. Potentially, you know, maybe Vanderbilt has one final effort in them against their in-state rival where they do go out and compete. But after that South Carolina game, that's hard to see as well. So we uh, <laughs> we will talk more about uh, Tennessee and Vanderbilt, of course, within these next couple of weeks. But if Vanderbilt does have a bye week this Saturday. Joey, let's roll into basketball. South Carolina Upstate loses to Vanderbilt 74-67, another team out of the Big South. Uh, they were picked to finish sixth in the Big South uh, behind Presbyterian, who was picked to finish – or in front of Presbyterian, who was picked to finish ninth out of nine teams. So Vanderbilt – Playing a couple of bottom feeder Big South teams to start the year, and they're one and one, so not obviously not the best start with Presbyterian. Uh, but Joey, I thought I thought it was good bounce back again. They they started slow. Tassos Comateros, twenty one points. He was seven of eight from the field, four of five from three, three for four from the free throw line. I think Comateros is starting to come into his own a little bit with with, with that performance, and then even you know. I think he had two threes, right, against uh, against Presbyterian. So, Comateros, maybe they have found, um, you know, I don't want to say their dude, but, I mean, for now, Joey, that 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 has been the guy that they've relied on. And Comateros came out, and, and I don't want to say he won the game for them, but, I mean, he was he was the bright spot. Not, there were other bright spots, of course, but Comateros, without that effort, that's a lot closer game. Yeah, in a really crappy week for Vanderbilt sports and Vanderbilt basketball, Tassos Comateros was one of the lone bright spots. I think it was really cool just to talk to him after that Friday game. Tassos Comateros has been through a lot throughout his career. Started, He took a gap year in high school in Greece and then walked on at South Dakota um, and then became a good player there and went in the portal, come to Vanderbilt. That's the short of it. I have a full story out. 
but man, that was an awesome story to see him and see how mm-hmm. much he appreciated the student section chanting his name. There was Tasso's chance at the end of that game, and I think that sums up <laughs> what the Vanderbilt fan base is looking for. They're looking for any positives. The two I took from this week was that Tasso's Comateros, I think, can be a real player for him. I still have questions about his defense. I think I always will. But if they can downshift him to the four and then maybe complement him with a more athletic big at the five, he could be a real player for them in SEC play. Also, I think another positive, Ezra Magnon went eight for eight from the line on Friday. Generally, yeah. when guys go eight for eight from the line, that means they're going to be pretty translatable shooters from beyond the arc, and it feels like Ezra has a chance to be that. I asked him about his shot motion, and it feels like – or I got a little insight before. It feels like it's not pulling back as far, he said. So that's the adjustment he's made. But otherwise, other than those two guys, pretty crappy week for Vanderbilt basketball. I don't know that you can take victory laps after USC Upstate, Billy. That was not a fun game to watch. That was – really poor offense. I think they went one for 12 from three in the first half, shot 32% from the field. Their assist turnover ratio at this point in the season is brutal. I think they have, what, 30 turnovers as opposed to, like, seven mm. assists a game. Let me see the – let me find the full stat on that. They're averaging 15 turnovers a game, so that would be 30 because they're added together, and 9.5 assists. So you can't win like that. And that's kind no. of where I want to start. Vanderbilt – in either game, Presbyterian or the big or uh, USC Upstate doesn't beat a Power Five opponent. It's got to bring it on Tuesday, and I don't really see a path without Tyron Lawrence to beating some of these teams. Maybe you can get by UNC Greensboro, but you got to get Tyron Lawrence back. You got to get Valen Lumen back. I think Tuesday is a huge game for them. And again, you said that. I don't think we'd be we thought we'd be saying that a week ago, but with what they've shown through a week. And where their Ken Palm's at, their Ken Palm's at 113. It started at 77 this time last week. Mm-hmm. This is a huge game for them. They have to be able to cover the spread to boost their net, boost their Ken Palm. And also, they have to show that they belong with even a team like this because they haven't shown that they belong with a team like UNC Greensboro through two games. And I know that's harsh, but it's where they're at right now, Billy. Yeah, I mean, Joey, you look at – I think I look at the free throw line after the USC Upstate game. Vanderbilt, of course, under Stackhouse, has, as you know, has struggled – uh, from the free throw line, but they went 22 of 24. Billy, you got me? 16 points. I thought Paul Lewis gave him something off the bench with 10 points. Uh, he was five for five uh, from the free throw line. So Vanderbilt was hitting their free throws. And Joey, that, that's like that's what they haven't really been able to do consistently under Stackhouse. So I think I look at that and go, okay, if this is a team that can get to the line consistently, right? And now you 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 got to work through it in the non-conference, right? But in the, especially in SEC play, if they can get to the line consistently and, and, and knock down free throws, you're that you are giving yourself a chance to win. Now the turnover, you know, assist turnover ratio not not great, right? That of course that has to improve. Um, but Joey, just the way they dropped in Ken Palm was crazy. I mean, again, not surprised by it. But for them to start at 90, 93, was it 93 they, they started at? They started at 77. A start, okay, started at 77. Then they got pushed back to, to 95. 95. Yeah. And now they're at 113. So that, I mean, that's, that's mind-boggling. To start a season the way they have at 77, and then you, you get bumped back through two games up to 113, 
and Joey, that's just that's not. I don't want to say that's not prepare being prepared for a season, but it almost is. I mean, you know, yes, Tyra Lawrence is out, Van Allen Lubin is out, Lee Dort is out, but I mean, where's the you know, where's the all right, guys? Let's go. Let let's get ready for this season and let's get ready to to dominate these opponents. I haven't seen any sense of urgency really. Now, I thought there was a little bit against USC Upstate. I'll say that uh, because they had to. Right? Stack said that after the game. He said we ne- we knew we needed this one. Yeah, you're going to need a lot more of these. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just I, I don't really know where to go with this team yet, Joey. I think if they beat UNC Greensboro, and then you know you roll into that that Vegas tournament with a little bit more confidence. I think the feeling gets better because this is also basketball, Joey. It's such a long season. Mm-hmm. Like in two weeks from now, th- this fan base could feel a lot different about th- this team. You know, you get Tyron back, you get Lubin back, you get Dort back. It can train, it can change like that. It's not like football where, you know, football, it's almost like, you know, if you're struggling, it's almost like you need a couple of games, you know, to, to really show some confidence in the fans. Basketball, you you show one great game where you win by thirty or forty. I think the fans start to slowly come back, um, but they've lost a large portion of them, Joey. And it's going to take. It starts with UNCG on Tuesday, and like you said, if they don't have Tyrod Lawrence, that's a tough path. Uh, my gut tells me they he plays. I mean, I, I think it's that. You know, I think it's that urgent, and I think fans are hoping the staff realizes how urgent this game is. I mean, Joe, you you have to win this game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think this is a huge measuring stick game, especially if you have Tyron Lawrence and Van Allen Lubin in the lineup. I think it's a big measuring stick just because you find out what you really have. I think a lot of – if you play well this week, if you blow out Central Arkansas and you beat UNCG, who, by the way, is like only 10 spots behind them in Ken Palm right now, if you beat those two teams pretty handily with Tyron Lawrence and Van Allen Lubin in the lineup, I think you feel a whole lot better about saying – well, they only lost to Presby because they didn't have Tyron and they didn't have Van Allen Lubin. We're not going to push that narrative. That's not why they only lost to Presbyterian. But you can get away with saying that's a one-off, and USC Upstate was a one-off with them not being super competitive early. I think the good thing about Jerry Stackhouse's program right now versus where Vanderbilt football was at this weekend, the issue with Stackhouse's team early on Friday was that they were pressing too much rather than not trying hard enough. So mm-hmm. I still have some belief that those guys believe in each other and this thing has the potential to go in the right direction. I think Tuesday could be a huge turning point for them. I think Friday was big that they found a way to win that game. And obviously it hurt their Ken Palm that it was that close. But if they had lost that game, Billy, they would have been in, what, the 130s if they had lost that game? So yeah. that was a huge game to escape from, although they didn't cover. Uh, which obviously would have helped them. And winning by 20 also helps. They didn't do either of those things. But just finding a way to escape that game and maybe give yourself a little bit of wiggle room before you get Tyron Lawrence and then Alan Lubin and Lee Dort back, I think that was huge. So Tuesday is a big stage for this team. I think it's a big game that we didn't think would be a big game. But these teams are only separated by 10 in Ken Palm. Vanderbilt can't sleepwalk through this game. Like you said, this is an urgent game, and there has to be more of a sense of urgency on Tuesday than there has been. Big game against a team that, is not going to make it easy on Vanderbilt, a team that can really guard and a team that can hold its own if Vanderbilt doesn't bring it. Vanderbilt's going to have to bring it. I think something, Joey, that we have to mention, I think you just mentioned it there, but margin of victory. Mm -hmm. Vanderbilt has not, I mean, under Stackhouse, they just, they haven't really dominated many non-conference teams. 
which has been really, really strange, um, you know, because then they get into SEC play and they'll, you know, they haven't really dominated any team, to be quite frank. Um, now, it's rare. Obviously, they have. But even they, you know, they would roll into SEC play and it's like they, whether they're up by 10 or 12 late in the game, they would take their foot off the gas. It just doesn't feel like there's any step on their throat factor with this program. Um, and they'll have to do that this year, Joey. They, I mean, UNCG, that's a chance. Central Arkansas, that's a chance. Um, Alabama A&M, that's a great chance to do that. I mean, you should win that by 40, right? I think San Francisco's a good team. They're going to come in here and compete. Western Carolina, same with them. Good team. They're going to come in here and compete. Dartmouth is, is, is a game. So realistically, Joe, you've got one, two, three, four more opportunities to go out and dominate opponents, you know, win by upwards of 25, 30, 35. You know, I mean, you have to, that's what teams are doing. That's what top 25 teams are doing, you know, and it's, if, if that's what, you know, if you look at Ken Palm, you go to the top 70 teams, you know, the teams that we'll be talking about, you know, for NCAA tournament teams and, and bubble teams, they're doing that as well, right? So that has been the problem. They, they have to wake up in non-conference play. And if they don't again this year, that will be what bites them again this year. It's pretty simple. I mean, obviously, Joe, you got to go out and, and, and win SEC games. I think they have proven they can do that as a program, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think we're worried about that. I mean, they did that last year. They did that year, the year before uh, decently well. Um, it's just a matter of, of beating the teams you should beat and coming ready to play each and every night. And, you know, I think fans are just hoping to see that uh, more often, right? If they can see that these next two games, Joey, I think are big for the psyche of the team, but also the fan base. You know, if, if, if they can string together two straight wins here, then you roll into Vegas, big game against NC State. I think this tune could change. But that hasn't been any, that hasn't been easy for this team to go out and say, hey, go beat this team by 25 or 30, right? They just have not been able to do that, Joey, for whatever, for whatever reason. I can't put my finger on it. Yeah, here's what I'll say. I'm not that concerned that they don't have the personnel or stat can't win games in SEC play. We know that. My concern is that it won't matter. And that's really where I think all this is coming from, from both of us, is that let's say they they drop one or two more by games, and then they go beat Tennessee, Kentucky, they beat Arkansas, they finish – 10 and 8 in the league with six quad one wins. It won't matter because the net doesn't care you don't have Tyron Lawrence. The net doesn't care you don't have Van Allen Lubin. The net doesn't care you don't have Lee Dort. The committee doesn't really care either. So Vanderbilt, I think, is going to have a really difficult time if it doesn't step on the gas here pretty soon. And that's just kind of how college basketball works. Love it or hate it, these games matter just as much as they do when you play LSU on March 2nd. So Vanderbilt's got to step it up here. It doesn't matter that they didn't have those guys early. All that matters at this point is the record and the numbers. And right now, the numbers are bad. The record's one and one with one quad four loss, one quad four win. We'll see how good Presbyterian really is tonight against Citadel. Citadel's 0-2, but seems to have some players. Elijah Morgan, former Notre Dame walk-on, has been really good. Obviously, Quentin Malora Brown has been much better this year. He's shooting threes. He dunked on a guy. He dunked on Prince League Bay on Boston College on uh, mm. Friday night. So Citadel, I think, could be Presbyterian and could show us that maybe they're not quite as good as uh, Vanderbilt made them look. But we'll see. 
I, again, it's not a Presbyterian thing. It's a Vanderbilt thing at the end of the day. Even if Presbyterian goes and finishes top five in the Big South, which I don't envision, there's certainly a lot wrong here. And like I said, I think they could turn it around. You think they can turn it around. We're not saying that they can't be a good team at some point. We're saying that if this continues through the next two weeks and your resume looks really bad through two weeks, then it might not matter that you can turn it around. And we've seen that time and time again with this team. So, Billy, I think this is a lot more important of a stretch than people realize and people are starting to be woken up to that a bit. Yes, and I think some silver lining here before we wrap it up, Joey, is that there are uh, there are five other one and one teams right now in the SEC. Now that doesn't mean, that doesn't mean much, but that does mean that other SEC teams have lost uh, a, a non conference game so far: Auburn, Florida, LSU, and Missouri. Georgia also has a non conference loss under their belt. Also, um, that's nice. Now, right? Yeah. They so can't you know, score, they're, they're, Billy. they cannot no. score a lick. They can't. And so, there, you know, there's been some struggles here, early season struggles. I think that's going to be a theme in college basketball with, within this next week or two or so, Joey, just because of the transfer portal has dominated college basketball. Obviously, it, it has it has run rampant through college football, but college basketball, I mean, there's so many new faces every year. And it's hard on these coaches to, to bring in, a you know, a new group of guys and either maintain the chemistry you know, you had last year or developed a, a new sort of chemistry, right? Maybe some new strategies and schemes. I mean, you have to do that. So um, Vanderbilt's not in there. Vanderbilt's not alone. I'll say that in, in some other power five teams struggling. Um, now they, they, they should be alone in the fact that they are dominating that that's the thing we talked about, right? They, they should be dominating uh, these, these first three or four games and, and Presbyterian, they just didn't. And USC upstate, they didn't. Um, and they had to do that. So I think they got a chance here, Joe, next couple of games, show what they're made of and, uh, and, you know, just show they are a, a tournament team because this is, this, this part of the season matters just as much uh, as, as late in the season. So Vanderbilt basketball coming up tomorrow night, UNC Greensboro, and then central Arkansas Saturday, Joey, or is that Friday? I think it's Friday. Also, it's Vandy Friday. Yeah. plays WKU on Wednesday, which is a big game. Elena will be there covering that for us, who's done a great job, by the way. Want to give her a shout-out. Yeah, shout-out Elena. She's done a great job. Uh, I see that the piece is up uh, on the uh, on the site and then also on Twitter with some some good content. So give her a follow and, uh, and, and keep up with her work. Also, give us a follow. If you haven't already, VandySports.com. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Also, give us a five-star rating. That helps us get noticed. And if you're listening and haven't subscribed, as I said, please do. It's $99 a year or $9.99 a month. Helps us tremendously. Finally, if you're interested in sponsoring the show, email Chris Lee at chrislee70 at gmail.com. Joey, it's a quick one, but uh, we will, uh, we'll be covering uh, tomorrow night. Not sure if I'll be there, but if I'm not, I will be covering. Um, so, uh, so we'll see. But Vanderbilt, UNC Greensboro, Tuesday night. Joey, thanks, man. Thank you, Billy. Hopefully see you tomorrow. Yes, sir. For Joey Dwyer, I'm Billy Derek. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you again soon with more episodes of the Vandy Sports Podcast.